Tis the haunting season for the opponents. The Dana Brown effect will be felt in 2024. Will he send shivers up the spine of the opponents? And will he send scores of fans to Minute Maid Park to watch them go for another World Series title? Check this out on this edition of Locked on Astros. Welcome in, everybody. This is H.L. Wheelhouse with Locked on Astros. We're going solo tonight on this Halloween evening. We hope that you guys and girls, if you're listening on the next day, that y'all are safe. And parents, make sure you got that parent tax on the candy and brought all the good candy to work with you to have your coworkers help you eat it so your kids aren't hyped up on sugar on this Halloween edition. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on X, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me at Stroh's411 on X, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stroh's. You can find the show at Locked on Astros on X, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I mean, bunches. We are all over the place. We even have a Discord. I mean, the sky's the limit. This is the most downloaded Astros podcast. We're the first 10,000 subscribed YouTube channel in the Locked on MLB network family. So check us out, subscribe, hit the like button, share with your friends, and let them know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Today's episode, today's sponsor, FanDuel, makes every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet on a money line. That's right, $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Now, I wanted to talk to y'all about the Dana Brown effect, and we'll get into this, of course, Eric and I, this will be a topic that we kind of touch on as things unfold. I gave you my top three managerial candidates. I do think that someone's going to squeak in there that we mentioned a little bit on the last show, Ron Washington. I'm hearing from Rangers fans that he's a beloved former manager. He took them to their first couple World Series. Of course, we know they fell short. They're in the midst of possibly winning in 2023. But Rangers fans don't want to see a former manager who had success in Arlington in Houston. And for that reason, I thought, hmm, maybe we bring old Washington back over here, 71-year-old. And, you know, I started looking more into it. And I don't know that it's as bad of a hire as I thought it would be. I was just thinking he's an older manager. Um, I was kind of looking for younger blood, new blood. But the way he motivates the players, some clips I've seen of him interacting with Braves players, they absolutely love him. He's kind of the ultimate third base players coach. And maybe he's the guy. I just feel like Espada is the direction we go. But now Dana Brown is at the helm. Dana Brown and Jim Crane are making the decision. I know some of y'all still think that Jeff Bagwell has major pool and he has influence, but he is an advisor and we have a GM. When he helped make that decision about Abreu, look, Abreu did some great things in the playoffs. I know it was slow getting him there, and I believe that his back was giving him issues. You've got to give the hitting coaches um, 
credit for helping him get that swing fixed. And hopefully we can have a full season of what we saw from Jose Abreu in the last part of the season of the playoffs this next year. It would make that contract all the more worth it. So what is the Dana Brown effect? The Dana Brown effect is giving you, I think, for the first time, a GM, for the first time in a few years, a guy that the club is going to trust. Obviously, he didn't get removed from his spot after winning a World Series title because he wasn't here. That was James Click. But there's clearly enough esteem and in his past and what he's done to give Jim Crane the belief that Dana Brown can turn things around. So what are some things he needs to do? Some obvious things we know is we've got to get a backup catcher. Okay, we'll talk about that here in a second. We're going to talk about maybe um, free agents who the Astros will sign or should sign, um, extending Tucker or not, and then the next um, manager hire. I'll hit on that towards the end. The bottom line is this. The GM has got to make sure that he's got the right people in the right places. This last year, they saw Bill Furcus walk. I think they did not renew his contract. They did not renew Sarah Goodrum. And so you have promotions that will need to be handed out this year. So before they go into the baseball season, you're going to see high, not necessarily hires, but people moving higher up. And so that's going to be a priority. Also, what is going to be a priority is who, not only the manager, but who the bench coach will be. I think the bench coach will be determined if he brings someone from the outside in. For me, if he, if Dana Brown says, you know what, Joe Espada, you're the man, why wouldn't you go ahead and slot Omar Lopez as your bench coach, hire a first base coach? Maybe if Gary Pettis doesn't come back, you bring Washington over as a third base coach. Maybe he doesn't mind a lateral move. But I hear he's interested in the managerial position. He probably wants to get back in the managerial pool. Promise you, look, managers don't make as much money as you think they do. But I bet the manager makes a lot more than the actual third base coach does. So um, at the end of the day, Dana Brown's got to decide who he's going to move up. Is there someone in the system that he wants to promote? Is there someone outside? And I think that's going to hinge on who he hires. We'll talk about that in the last segment. So let's get into this about the catching situation. We know that all year, Dana Brown has wanted Yiner Diaz to be the starting catcher. Okay. He was one of the top. He basically made first team all rookie with Baseball America as the best rookie catcher, probably could have hit 30-plus home runs, probably could have been rookie of the year or the top one of the top three candidates, and he wasn't allowed to because Dusty Baker was kept putting in Marty Maldonado. He was among the top 10 in B-War in 2023 with the team. He hit way better at home than he did on the road. And maybe, <laughs> maybe some of their woes at home was they couldn't produce offense. Well, Yanner Diaz didn't get as much chance behind the plate. But it's not necessarily the Diaz starting question that is going to be the big issue here. 
It's going to be who's going to be his backup. Are you going to go with somebody outside of the organization because you really don't have much insight? Cesar Salazar has served a role here and there going back and forth between the majors and the minors. He's clearly been called a backup player. You don't have Corey Lee, whom you traded to the White Sox for Kendall Graveman that weakened your catching position right away. So you're going to have to go out there and get a low-cost veteran who has years on his on his resume and is not going to want to be a starter because Yanner Diaz absolutely deserves a majority of the starts. And we're going to and next we're going to talk about what we're going to do with the free agents on the Astros roster. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early in the NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right. A $150, like just handed to you on FanDuel if your team wins. I mean, if I place a $5 bet and I know that I can get $150 back, I'm definitely making that. So what are you waiting for? If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash today and kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So the Dana Brown effect, what does it mean? What is going to happen as a result? We know and we believe Yonder Diaz is the starting catcher for this next year. But what about free agent players that won't be here? Michael Brantley more than likely won't be back, but he could come back as a hitting coach. Martin Maldonado. His time seems to be over, and we've talked about these things here and there. And so my question is to you, if you've got Hector Neres, if you've got Phil Maton, you've got Ryan Stanek, which of these guys is Dana Brown going to value the most? Who are they going to sit down and say, we need to keep this guy in-house? Because at the end of the day, these guys serve a real purpose. The good thing about Hector Neres is if, that's a big if, he accepts the $8.5 million player option to, for 2024, he would come in at a bargain. But I promise you, considering what they paid Rafael Montero and Neres having more evidence of longer service time at a really high elite level as a reliever, he's going to probably demand a little bit bigger contract than Montero. A 1.71 ERA in 71 games, that's only 20 points higher than what Ryan Stanek had last year when he set the relief pitcher record at 1.5, 1.15. Actually, that's about 60 points higher. So he had a 1.15 ERA last year. Hector Neri's a really minuscule 1.71 ERA and was a spark plug was an emotional leader. 
is he worth the risk? Is he worth the money of paying someone like him multiple years? I don't know. You did it with Montero. It hasn't really panned out. He wasn't great, but he wasn't horrible either. At times he was bad, but he improved here and there. Phil Maton is an interesting name. Ryan Stanek. I think Ryan Stanek can come back to this club and be a very good arm, be someone who is useful. He's not going to demand a high price tag, but he knows the system. He knows the pitching coach. And maybe with the new manager, he gets more opportunities. Maybe he gets opportunities like before the, before the 2022 postseason where it seemed like they almost took away his role from him because of matchups. And you got to hand it to Dusty. He ran a master class. But maybe another manager coming in, even if it's a spotta, has a different perspective on how to use Ryan Stanek. And maybe he's used more to his potential. And you can get him at a lower cost, but give him incentives. Give him an ERA incentive. Give him an appearances incentive, a strikeouts incentive. And then incentivize his contract and then have that built in so that you do pay him for the work that he does. And Phil Maton. Phil Maton's got ice in his veins. Phil Maton is a guy that I know a lot of people say back and forth, like, well, I don't know about Phil. He's not this. He's not that. I think Phil Maton is great. I think his emotionless demeanor on the mound is a key X factor. And you keep getting the right guys in that bullpen. You keep, you improve on what your starters did last year. I think the sky's the limit for these three. I'm not saying you have to sign all three of them, but all three of them make sense at one point or another to re-sign them because they have done so well in the past. And those are your free agents. Those are the guys that are looking to walk if you don't sign them, and they may test the market. Um, I've heard there's interest on Stanek in Texas. Oh, I would hate for any of these guys to go to the Rangers, anywhere but the Rangers. But look, you can't begrudge a guy if someone offers you a lot. And if they end up winning the World Series, which uh, unfortunately I hate saying that, but if they do end up being the World Series champions and someone like a Stanek or a Matan or Nerys goes, that would be worst case scenario. But let's let's not think like that. Let's be like I always am, always positive. Always strows. So not just free agents, but there's also contract extensions. Kyle Tucker, do you extend him? After his beleaguered and really bad showing in the postseason, did his price tag drop? Does that help the Astros in their negotiation? Does it lengthen or does it shorten the contract offer from the Astros? And if it does, does it take it below a bar where Kyle Tucker says, I want this many years and this much money. If you don't come up here, I'm not even going to talk to you. That's yet to be seen. But, you know, we we had Bregman in 2024 sign a five-year, $100 million contract. Altuve um, in 2018 signed a five-year, $150 million contract. Notice the five number, five and five. I, I hear Tucker wants seven. I don't know that he has to have 10, but does a seven-year, $260 million contract get it done? Does a 240 for seven years get it done? I don't know. I do know this, that when Kyle Tucker is on his game, when Kyle Tucker hits the ball and plays to his abilities, he is one of the best all-around players in the game. He's one of the best right fielders. He's one of the best hitters. He led the American League in RBI this year. So, 
Kyle Tucker has MVP potential. What will the selling point be? Will the selling point be, look what I've done my whole career? Will the selling point for the Astros or the counterpoint be, well, you know, you kind of coughed it up this year in the playoffs. What is going to happen and what is it going, like, what is it going to look like? And do you have to extend him? The Astros have him for two more years. When it comes to baseball business, boys and girls, they're not going to say, well, we have to sign Tucker. No, they don't. If they don't sign him this year, he's got one more year of arbitration after this year. And it could absolutely be something where they keep arbing him until he's done and just let him walk after two years. If they feel like their championship window is gone after two years, they'll let him walk. Or after this year, if it's a good year and it's a banner year, and maybe they won another title, they could afford to look to ship him somewhere for draft picks and building the farm system. What is the Dana Brown effect going to be here with this? And so that is really an interesting question as well. We addressed the center field position the night before, but my question to you is, who is the next manager? That's an interesting question. I like Espada. I like Omar Lopez. I put Walt Weiss out there because I didn't know how serious the Ron Washington thing was, but apparently he's talking about it. So you got to consider Weiss and Washington. You got to consider Venable. There are a couple other names out there, and I'm not familiar with them right on the top of my head, but I know there's been 10 candidates listed. Craig Council appears to be going to New York. There are some other coaches that are looking at other places. It looks like um, the, the Guardians... I think they interviewed Snicker, the hitting coach, and they interviewed, I believe, a couple other guys that we're looking at, but I think Walt Weiss might have interviewed in other places. There is a candidate that they have already interviewed. Um, I'll wait till it comes out um, for us to talk about it on the show officially, but I do know that they have had one major, one interview of a manager. So what will the Dana Brown effect be? Would the Dana Brown effect be one where the Astros take this championship window into 2026 and 2027? I think the window's wide open. A lot of people are like, the golden era is over. No, no, it's not. Did you say that in 19? Did you say that in 21? Did you say that in 20? Those are years we didn't win the World Series. Did you see that in 18? Look. The fact that we are competitive enough to be in the ALCS despite having a home losing record should tell you all you need to know about this team. You fortify the weak spots, and this team can absolutely go back to the ALCS, can absolutely regain their crown in the AL, and take that World Series trophy back. Maybe they needed this. Maybe they needed to experience these things. Because if they win it, if they won it, it would almost be like, wow, we won it in spite of ourselves. We won it in spite of the deficiencies. And maybe those maybe those deficiencies don't get addressed. I don't think this club is that short-sighted, but sometimes winning can be can have a negative effect on the changes that might need to be made for the long-term benefit. And so here we are. We're in October. It's October 31st. Let me just say this. Thank you so much for tuning in to Locked on Astros. You've made us the first 10,000 10, subscriber. Um, we've got the first 10,000 subscriptions in Locked on MLB Network. 
and we want to get to 20,000. We need your help. I'm not going to continue this discussion tonight. Eric will be back with a solo show, and then I will be back with y'all the following week on Sunday. We've got a lot of things to discuss this offseason. Please hang in. Please listen to us on your way to work, on your way home from work. Please make sure that you share our show with other friends. We've got some cool things we're doing. We've got a couple of the farmhands we're talking with getting on. We're going to be looking at getting Roflow back. back. I mean, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a blast doing this. Thank y'all for tuning in to Locked on Astros. I appreciate every one of y'all. I hope you had a happy and safe Halloween. We hope that you got that parent tax. Grab the candy from the kids. Take it to work. Don't let them eat it all. Tell them it's bad for them, and then you eat it. That would be fun. Well, hey, I'm H-Town Wheelhouse with Locked on Astros. We're your team every day. Nobody does more on the planet for your Houston Astros team than we do on this podcast. You make it great. Y'all are the real MVPs. Thank you so much. And as always, bury me in the H. Go Strohs.